Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds on KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Hey everyone, this is Gary Cochileo, your host, and I'm doing a special episode tonight with Pepper Goins from the Rushmore Podcast. Thanks for stopping by, man. No problem, man. What? How's it going over there in uh, Alabama? It's actually kind of chilly. I'm not. I'm not digging the weather. I like it hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I passed through your neck of the woods uh, recently for work, and um, it's a it's a nice place y'all got over there. It's very. It. I don't know. Like it seems very sterile. Like uh, I don't know. There's there's just a lot of. Uh, Hmm. There's a lot of uh, like just coffee places and and stuff like that. Doesn't seem like there's a ton of uh, culture. Oh, there definitely is a shortage of duty bars. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it is. It's a lot of. It's mostly like a retirement type of place. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. I mean, you know, you're being that close to the water. Um, I mean, I love that, but. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting place. It is, you know, it's for me. It was a tough adjustment from moving to New Jersey down here. Oh, I can't even imagine just just pace wise. Yeah, and it's not so much. The, well, well, what gets me about the pace is, um, like at work, like people here don't even really work. Like they yeah. pick, they get a job and they keep it until they get paid and then they quit. Yeah. So it happens a ton. I'm I'm right there with you, and I, I I got a friend that works in insurance, and he got a job at uh it was like a you know like a local state farm place or something, and he was like yeah there's uh there's ten people working in the office and nobody does shit. They make like one sale a month, and that has been their quota for, you know like ten years. He's like I came in there I made I made ten sales in the first month, and they thought that I was it, it was like a fraud issue. He got investigated for fraud just because he was he was doing his job well. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, I have learned how to slack off now. You know, I, I go yeah. to work, I find a place to hide for five or six hours, do like one yeah. hour of work, and I go home. Yeah, just just go to the bathroom and claim Crohn's disease, and just sit there and watch conspiracy conspiracy videos on your phone. Right. That's how I find my guests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we we were talking a little bit before uh, we, we rolled into it, but there was a story. I think it was some Israeli scientist um, basically admitted to aliens. So the whole theory where the world governments have been in contact with UFOs, um, he basically confirmed all that. And uh, – Apparently, there is a colony of, I don't know what race of aliens it is, but there's a colony of aliens on Mars. Um, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, with any type of disclosure, uh, I, I, th I think one, uh, you can't just believe one guy, 
You know, I yeah. need, you need, we need somebody else to come out and say the same thing. I mean, these stories about governments working with aliens has been around forever. Um, yep. You know, where they're residing, I think, is a matter of debate. I've heard it all. You know, I've heard uh, Antarctica. I've heard underneath the ocean, underneath the earth, on Mars, underneath Mars, on Venus, on a, on, on a moon that's floating around Jupiter. Um, yeah. All the way out to um, like the star Sirius, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so I, I've heard them all. I do believe that our governments have had contact with aliens, and and have some type of an agreement with them. Uh, I do believe that they probably are exchanging technology for human mm-hmm. fetuses. Human fetuses. So okay, everybody needs a new fetus. Yeah. Well, and, you know, especially in the 80s, there was a shit ton of kids that just disappeared. And like, like, you know, eight, 10 year old kids would just disappear. There's a there's a documentary. It was that ended up getting tied back into the uh, the Franklin cover up. But it's it's called like Where's Johnny? It was uh, the story of Johnny Gosh, I think it was where he was delivering newspapers in the morning and he just completely disappeared. There are reports of a white van that was in the area, blah, 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 blah. But um, allegedly he ended up resurfacing years later and um, he had basically been kidnapped and turned into sex trafficking. Uh, And there was, I mean, the list of people that were involved went all the way up to like the top of the federal government. And it was a huge deal. The lead investigator, are you, are you familiar with the Franklin cover-up? Um, a little bit, yeah. But I remember, it, it's, to me, it sounds a little bit like what we call it today, like the whole QAnon thing. Yeah. Well, the lead investigator uh, took his kid to go see the World Series in Chicago. And on their way back, the plane just exploded. And planes, I don't know if you're... Uh, super familiar with how planes work, but uh, they generally just don't ex- 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 fucking explode in, in midair for no reason. And they said that it was an electrical short in the fuel tank. So I, I, I tried to start a conspiracy, and this has been an ongoing thing <laughs> where I try to start conspiracy theory podcasts. I love them. But I get, I'm so bad at research because I'll research something and then one, I'll see one thing and I'm like, well, that's interesting. And then I will spend days on that one tiny detail. So with the Franklin cover-up, I was researching the whole thing. Everything was going great. And then it got to the aircraft explosion. And I was like, oh, that seems weird. Let me go look up the like crash report, like the, the federal government FAA uh, report on it. And I couldn't find it. I looked in a ton of different places. I went, you know... Because uh, there, I mean, you can go online and there's every aviation accident that happened uh, in America listed from everything from like some dude hit a fucking deer on takeoff to like September 11th. Mm-hmm. And it just did not exist. That's weird. And they everything. Yeah. And um, it, uh, 100% it was reported and investigated because there was news articles about the investigation. But the actual report, I could not find anywhere. And that's weird. It is weird. Real. 
But that's why I can't do conspiracy theories because I get hung up on one tiny detail and research the shit out of it until I can't sleep. <laughs> I'm the complete opposite. I don't research anything. In fact, sometimes when I have guests, I don't even know who they are or what they're going to talk about. Yeah. I just wing it. Well, that's fun, man. Like I, the, like the, the podcast I started for our Patreon, it was, it was supposed to be me like meeting new people. And, you know, so far I basically just talked to my friends, but I've got a, I've gotten a couple of people to agree that I just find, I've known from the internet, just found them interesting. And, um, I'm going to have some pretty, pretty interesting episodes. I got, I got one guy that's going to come on. He just, he makes fishing lures on YouTube mm-hmm. and I've been watching them for years and it's something that probably nobody else is going to find interesting, but I love fishing and this dude makes some pretty wild fishing lures. So I just want to talk to him. Do you make your own lures? I I haven't, but well, I did, I did a, a little bit when I was a kid, but I mean, not, not on this guy's level anywhere close. Huh. That's good though. I mean, I actually have to start doing something for my Patreon too, coming up with content. I don't know what I'm going to do yet for it. So I put everything just sort of out there. Okay, I'm back. My my headphones. Yeah, my headphones went out for a second. I don't know what that was. I was just saying, I got to do something for my Patreon too. put some content out there and try to make some money off of this thing. Yeah, man, it's, I don't know, because, well, I don't know. I mean, you, you do a show every day, don't you? Like almost every day. I, I put out Monday through Friday. Yeah. I mean, that's an insane workload. So you doing shit on top of that, I can't even imagine. We do one show a week, and we struggle to do one show a week. <laughs> and I mean, we're not we're not doing anywhere near what you're doing. You're doing some pretty heavy lifting shit where you're, like, getting into, like, interesting ideas and shit. We're, we're like, telling dick jokes on the Internet. And we can't even do that. Dude, it works for you, man. You got listeners. Yeah, we're having a lot of fun. But um, we started a uh, we started a, a MMA podcast on Patreon, and we're trying to come up with other ideas. But man, it's just and we all yeah, like I said, we also need to buy another computer too. <laughs> we only got one right now, and that's a huge problem. Yeah, yeah. The- I, I severely underestimated the uh, um, the storage space needed to do these type of projects. Yeah, yeah, that has become a huge issue. Absolutely. I think from from now on we're going to run with like external hard drives, just fill them up and stack them. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I I'm just going to use SD cards from now on. Just label them and store them somewhere safe. Or- I don't know. Maybe mail them to another country somewhere far away where the FBI can't get them. Just send them to the moon, dude. Why not? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I heard though the shipping is kind of expensive. Yeah, and you know, once the Nazis get a hold of it, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Fucking Nazis are a pain in the ass. Yeah, they won't. I mean, a thorn in my side from. When they first started. Do you guys have Nazis in Mississippi? 
Um, I've never met a Nazi in Mississippi, but when I grew up in Georgia, because of the way I look, um, they would approach me at bars and stuff and try to recruit me. So I've had some very interesting interactions with neo-Nazis. I had one guy, um, I didn't know what was going on, but he invited me over to his house and uh, went over to his house and he pulled out his straight up like robe and shit from the KKK and was like, hey, check us out. And I was like, nah, dude, <laughs> I'm not into that. But yeah, I'm like a uh, like a neo-Nazi Trojan horse because you know red hair and or yeah blonde hair, red beard. Everybody assumes it's like, oh, he's he's probably one of us. And I'm like, yeah, you do have sort of like that Scottish type of look to you, or Norse type of look. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we have them here in Alabama. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And surprisingly, there was actually quite a few of them back in New Jersey also. A lot of skinheads. Yeah, though, I, one thing I never understood was, like, skinhead punk. It's like there's there's a genre where it's, like, neo-Nazi punk rock. Mm-hmm. And, it, and by the way, I've listened to it just to see what's going on. It is horrific. It's bad music. Like, they're not good at making music. No. <laughs> I mean, expect nothing less, but, I mean, still, like... <laughs> I mean, it, it would have been fun to be surprised. Right. Yeah. I, we had a real problem with those guys back in New Jersey. I, used to go to, I was actually at a, a Ramones show one night, and it was a shitload of uh, Nazi skinheads there. And uh, and they got a hold of somebody in the parking lot and kicked them to death. You know, oh, yeah, it's not good. Out of the club. And uh, then I'd say about a, a, a year or so later, Sonic Youth wrote a song about it called Dirty Boots. Yeah. Yeah, we had and where where I grew up in Georgia, we were right next to an army base. So we would get like not Nazis, but we would get dickheads to come in and just want to come and fight somebody basically. And um we had a couple incidents. We we had one guy uh stab a guy in the back and puncture his lung because he got he was being a dickhead in the mosh pit and he got his ass whooped because of it. Uh-huh. And then he went and found the guy in the parking lot like an hour later and stabbed the guy in the back with a knife and got away. Obviously just stabbed the guy, jumped in his car, left. Nobody had any idea who he was. So yeah, man, if you're a dickhead, don't go to a punk rock show or a metal show. No. Getting stabbed this sucks too. Have you ever been stabbed? Um, no. Have you ever stabbed someone? I don't. No, I don't know why I had to think about that, but no. <laughs> no. That's have you have you have you ever been stabbed? I've never been stabbed, but I have stabbed somebody. Is it? Uh, what's the uh, statute of limitations? Oh, I don't. It was a long time ago, and actually, what it was, I was, I was, uh, I used to live in, in Trenton, New Jersey. It's a really bad neighborhood. It's, it's That's not what I've safe heard at all. And um, and I worked in like the worst part of, of of town. And I was driving home from work one day, and I had my I don't know what I was thinking. I had my windows rolled all the way down, 
and some guy jumped through the window of my car to try to carjack me. Well, what it, there's there's a town in New Jersey. It it might be Trenton or Newark or something like that, where it's like the carjack sit the carjack capital of either the country or the world. Mm-hmm. I saw I watched a documentary about it. Yeah, there, there's some really bad places: Trenton, Newark, and Camden. Camden's the yes, mur- Camden. Camden's also the murder capital of the U.S. Holy shit. It, 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 it's so bad that the police don't even really go in it. They just sort of circle around it. Yeah, I've heard that they they pulled all the police out and just put up cameras everywhere. I think it's like the most surveilled city in America, too. Yeah, it, it's it's brutal. And it's kind of funny. In the middle of it is an arena where they have concerts. Really? Yeah, yeah. In in the middle of this cesspool of crime, there's like this arena for concerts. In fact, uh, I used to go there all the time, actually, that arena. Yeah. I'm sure nothing bad happens whenever the concert's let out. Um, I don't know, man. I I forget what show it was. I think it may have been um, Wu-Tang and uh, Rage Against the Machine. God uh, damn. And, and we were coming home, we're, we were pulling out, and we kind of got lost, and we are going around the block, and, and we saw some lady have her purse stolen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is one, uh, I guess it's just because of the sparse population, but you don't see a lot of crime in the South, like, at least nothing like that, like, right in your face. I mean, I know it happens, but, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of shit firsthand. Other than like you know, fights and shit like that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was one of the things that has surprised me about the South is, um, even with fighting, uh, Southern people are not really combative. They, they they'll they'll talk tough, but when it comes to oh like yeah, that, they'll they'll talk and talk and talk, but when it comes to actually throwing down a real fight, they don't do it. Yeah. No, nah, I've noticed that down. too. Because I've heard stories from other places, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, because but they do love to talk. They they will talk, <laughs> and yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, they talk all kinds. But, of But <laughs> I mean, I've never been a fighter, but uh, I mean, I've only gotten in one fight in South Mississippi or Mississippi as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, yeah, but I don't know. Once I moved down here, though, I kind of quit all the partying and going out and everything like that too. So that helps a lot when you're just not around drunk assholes all the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, not hanging out in the bars and shit like that, drinking. Yeah, yeah, and P- I think people think that like punk shows, it's just. Like there's a fight every ten minutes, but I mean, ninety nine percent of the time it's a peaceful place where everybody gets along. They'll punch the shit out of each other in the mosh pit, but outside of that, everything's pretty cool. Usually, yeah. As long as I've never yeah. seen too many people actually fight fight at punk shows. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, anytime you get a group of people together, you know, shit's gonna happen, but. As long as you don't like punch girls in the face and 
as long as you're not just like an obvious dick, you can get away with a lot of shit. I did see, uh, actually, this was down here in Mississippi. I saw a guy. So there was an outsider that came into a metal show. And this guy was already drunk. He was probably 45 years old, had no idea what was going on. He just saw some shit that he wanted to get into. And he went into the mosh pit and started started some shit, started pushing people and started like trying to egg people on. He was trying to get people to hit him, which is a bad idea. And he started antagonizing this one guy just over and over and over there. They were doing like circle pits and shit. And every time he would come by, he would try to hit him, all this other shit. And the guy ended up having enough. And he basically walked up to him and it's the only spin kick knockout that I've ever seen live. He Taekwondo wheel kicked him in the side of the head. And the dude just went board stiff and went down. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was, it was incredible. The guy was wearing a vest for some reason, like wearing like a suit vest and just like blue jeans and everything like that. And they, you know, grabbed him by the ankles and wrists and threw him out of the venue. But yeah, I mean, other than shit like that, other than like outsiders coming in and starting shit, it's a pretty peaceful, peaceful place. Usually. I, I have seen... I was at a show in, in New York City. It was a was a Metallica's first show after uh, his name was Burton after the after the bassist died. Oh yeah, show after that, and it was in Madison Square Garden at Philly in in New York. And uh, I remember like uh, being outside waiting to go in, and they had, how they have the, in New York they had the cops on the horses. Yeah, and, and people were throwing bottles. I don't know why at, at the cops that were on the horses and then the cops would come by and smack people with the billy club <laughs> and knock them out. Yeah. Like I, I guess I've never seen horses go wild. Cause horse, if, if a horse like has enough of your bullshit, it will just kill you. It'll kick you in the head and it'll kill you. Yeah. Th- these horses were really tame. Like they were, the horses were calm through the whole thing, but the cops were just, would just, you know, walk by and hit you with the club and, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy ass. i can't imagine being a fucking cop horse dude because i mean they they ride horses like into full-on chaos and the horse is just like yep another day i don't i don't get it because the horses that i've been around if they saw some shit like that they would be freaking the fuck out mm-hmm. i don't know if they even still use them i mean this was i guess shit it had to have been 80 88, 89. Yeah. But and all, all the shows I've been to in New York City, you know, over the last 20 years, I haven't seen any, you know, cops on horses. I'm not even sure if it's something that's used anymore. Yeah, it's a weird move. And I mean, you there. so if you have, like, cops on horses, you have to have, like, cop stables and cop, like, people that throw out hay and pick up shit like there has to be a whole in a coke police infrastructure around the horse care like it just seems very and i, I would imagine a horse is probably more expensive than a car oh yeah it has to be yeah so yeah it probably doesn't make sense no so maybe i remember scrapped, maybe they scrapped them yeah i remember i i know it was philly 
I don't remember what year it was. I know for a fact it was Philly because this is the type of shit that those animals do. But there was something going on, and some guy ended up getting arrested because he uh, threw a punch at a horse. It was like a police horse. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you've ever felt a horse, but, I mean, oh, yeah. that's a good way to break your fucking hand. <laughs> I mean, horses are solid as shit. You can probably hit him in the fucking shoulder and break your hand. Yeah. But yeah, he, he got arrested for uh, assaulting an officer because he, he, he threw a fucking punch at a horse. It was probably like a Super Bowl parade or something like that. <laughs> That's a messed up thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Philly. I, I mean, they're absolute animals. I mean, they, they threw batteries of fucking Santa Claus. Everybody knows about that. And they just riot for <laughs> Any any reason, like the worst thing that could happen is a Philly sports team wins a championship. I know. I I have been to some Eagles games in Philly. Yeah, yeah. And those were pretty rough. Roughest game I went to in Philly actually was ECW wrestling. Oh, I can imagine. Holy shit! I remember (laughs) we went one time, and, and, and at the end, like people just started throwing the chairs at each other and. (laughs) <laughs> and, 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 and cops were just pouring in through all the doors and people were scattering and spilled out into the street. And <laughs> you're, you're giving those people ideas on how to fucking hurt people better. Don't do that. Cause ECW was like the real shit. They're like breaking light bulbs and shit over people's backs and all that. Yeah. ECW was fun, man. I used to like going to those. There's some, I mean, all that shit is making a comeback. Like it's, you know, because of the internet, people can start like uh, smaller promotions and uh, broadcast online and stuff and get a following. Mm-hmm. So all that shit's making a comeback. No, that'd be good. I, 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 I do miss like, you know, the barbed wire and the tables and the chairs and the ladders. Yeah. And all that craziness. Yeah. I've never been a big wrestling guy, but uh, I do respect the shit, especially out of the ECW guys. I don't, I don't have. I've taken a stapler to the arm before. It's not, it's not something that I'm into at all. Have you ever tried one uh, in your forehead? No, well, absolutely not. Would you do it on your podcast? Would I staple my forehead on my, on the podcast? Uh, no. Oh, I'm sure that would get a lot of listeners, though. I don't. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> no, I don't. Now no, we used to do a thing in in high school where, or maybe middle school, where we would like slap a stapler on your arm, oh, yeah, and it would like staple that. your arm. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I mean it didn't hurt that bad. It was like uncomfortable, but then you know, whatever. But yeah, I don't. I'm not I'm not into all that shit. I got I got friends that are in punk bands where they're like they think they're fucking Gigi Allen and they'll fucking razor blade their foreheads and shit while they're on stage. I'm just like, nah, dude. I'd rather just write better music and not have to fucking bleed for attention. <laughs> actually, I've heard some of your uh covers on the acoustic and you're actually really good. I love your voice. Well, I appreciate you're it, really, man. You're actually you're really good at both guitar and singing. Well, no, I'm bad at guitar player. I can I can uh, cover it up pretty well. I but um, I don't know if you're worse than me, man. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm a pretty bad guitar player. Um, yeah, I, 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 I need to send you uh, the video of. Uh, I was in a hardcore band down here for a little while, and uh, I think we got one show on video, but um, that that was the last band that I'll ever be in because it got to the point where because I was the only person in the band with like kids and shit. So like everybody else was just, you know, my, and I was also the oldest person. I think the youngest person under me was like 24 or something. So there was a huge mismatch in, in age. The youngest person was 18 and, you know, I don't want to be a dick about it, but, because I have a wife and kids and I have a job and all this shit, like my time is a little bit more valuable than theirs. Right. And they routinely, they would be like an hour late for band practice and shit like that. And I was like, dude, I can't, I can't just waste my time like this, but we had some fun while we were doing shit, but could not. And that, that just broke me. I was like, yeah, I can't be in any more bands. I'll just do. And you know, there's a lot of not fun shit about being in a band. I'm sure you know that. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like, it's probably like 40% fun. And then like 60% like being pissed off at everybody. Yeah. It, it's hard, to, hard. Like I used to have a band called the scumbags funk band. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, for the most part, it was really just me and one other guy. Um, yeah. Because and you you would get fill-ins, right? Yeah, we couldn't really keep members, and we we got to a point where we really couldn't find a drummer, and we found some guy who played drums, and we lied to him about the name of the band so he would join. Yeah, and then when he found out that he was playing with a band called the Scumbags, he quit. <laughs> but see, like, I just I just started doing my own shit because I'm like, well, if I do my own shit, uh, you know, I'll if I play a show, I won't have anybody show up, but I don't give a fuck about that, but I'll just be able to do 100% like what I want to do. I'll be able to make my own schedule and don't have to fucking worry about it. Right. Yeah. I, after that, like, I mean, I, I had stopped playing for about six or seven years. And then I was at a open mic one night and, uh, you know, somebody asked me, you know, did they convince me to go up and play? And, and I did, and, and like, you know, and I was just kind of just messing around, and, you know, making shit up. And, yeah. uh, and I went back, I found a vibrator in the back of my amp, so I started doing a guitar solo with the vibrator. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And, uh, and and people just loved it. They're like, they're like whoa. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, you played a fucking guitar solo with a vibrator. Yeah. Yeah. So, so after that, you know, like, like that was like sort of my thing. I would go down around to like these these uh, coffee houses and open mics and and just do this like sort of shock thing. And, yeah. And like in the rich parts of, of New Jersey, like people would be just like, I don't understand this. So it must be really good performance art. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, people who don't understand shit, uh, you can you can trick them into thinking that your shit's really good. Yeah, yeah it's it great. Be, it can be freaking awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of, I think the biggest song that I've done, um, 
Yeah, well, no, I. But the biggest song that I've done that wasn't a theme song for like a podcast or something, I did a song about bestiality. It's a song about, uh, you know, a man and a horse, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having m- mutual love, and um, back to horses again. Yep, back to horses. I people like like. Uh, do you really want to be known for like the guy who sings about that? And like, dude, I find it hilarious. And I find it even more hilarious when people don't like it, when people listen to it and they're like, Oh my God, this is just filth. It makes me so happy. Like one of my favorite things to read is like negative comments on our YouTube uh-huh. because they're people, they're people that have absolutely zero connection to us. They're people that have no idea who we are. I have no idea who they are. We'll never meet. And they are talking shit about us on YouTube. And there is something about that that I find absolutely hilarious. And I don't get offended about, at it at all. Like they can say whatever they want because it's somebody that doesn't exist. It's just a, it, it's the internet. And uh, I mean, some of, some of my favorite, I, I got a, a shit ton of YouTube comment screenshots of, people just talking mad shit we just posted a video last week that there's a lot of people taking umbrage with and i have been reading them out loud to my wife and just kicking and screaming laughing (laughs) (laughs) you should start like a uh a blog with just the comments from your youtube yeah but you can't give them attention you can't give them attention. You can't. You can't reply to shit. You just gotta let people say shit, and then they'll say whatever they want. And you just gotta. And then, because you can't let people know that you enjoy it, because then they'll try to play to it. You know, right. you gotta let it be. Yeah, you gotta let it be natural and just happen. Yeah, uh, my, my probably my most popular song was called "I Got the Crabs." I got the crabs. That's a that's a great fucking title. Yeah. There's no there's no beating around the bush. That's a joke. That's a crap. Yeah. Yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's thinking that you're in fucking Baltimore cracking fucking crab legs with some fucking old thing. They know exactly. They know exactly what's going on. It's the scumbags. Was that for the scumbags? Or was that a solo? Both actually. I used that one on both of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows what the fuck's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the opening line is. I was walking down the street and my balls were itching bad. Yeah. So I had to go to the doctor and find out what I have. See, I like to do songs where I'll keep it. I'll keep it pretty tame and believable up until like the bridge Mm -hmm. and then drop them off a cliff. Like I'll, I'll keep them to where they're like, like, okay, all right this is uh all right and then at the bridge or the chorus just drop them off a goddamn cliff and be like you're here now this is what we're talking about get used to it (laughs) yeah i I just would just put it right out there you know most of my songs didn't even have a bridge or a chorus i was always too that's the best way to you know i was just kind of like more of like a ramones just like done yeah Dude, I heard, uh, I thought about you the other day because I was, uh, somebody was listening to the radio and they were playing a Ramon song, but it wasn't like, you know, uh, 
Blitzkrieg Pogs or something like that. It was, uh, I think it was, I want to be sedated. What's the name? Of, is that the name of the song? I was like, I was like, I didn't, I didn't realize that they played shit like that on the radio anymore. Yeah. It's actually, I, I hear the Ramones more now on the radio than I did back when they were actually popular as a punk band. Yeah. yeah I guess it's fucking nostalgia. weird. Yeah, I guess. That's like when I hear like punk songs on like commercials, it kind of freaks me out. It's like, yeah, I don't know if I really should be on that. If I should be hearing this on TV, you know? Yeah, I hate to say it, but I'm pretty sure punk is just dead. I don't think there's any. I mean, unless unless you know of some, I've not heard any good new punk bands in probably 10, 15 years. Yeah, I haven't heard anything new either. It's bad. I got I got one band that uh, I've been meaning to send you. It's a band called Teenage Bottle Rocket mm-hmm. that you might be into. But uh, man, other than them, I think it has peaked and gone. The same with heavy metal, man. Like I'm, I'm a huge heavy metal guy. I love like deathcore and like all the all the screaming ass bullshit. But I mean, after like 2008, 2009. <laughs> It's it's just a lot of copycat shit. It's not good anymore. Yeah, the only metal that I still like it's kind of new that I still listen to and like is is mostly like stoner stuff. Like, you know, bands like Clutch and Electric Wizard and um Oh yeah. Space Slug. Yeah. I had I got some friends that are into that. Um what's uh I was actually in like one of those I don't even I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you call it. I don't know if it's like doom yeah. or what. Yeah. It's something like that where I was, I was in one of those bands and dude, I was just so bored. I had to stop cause I was playing bass <laughs> and like no exaggeration. I would hit a note and I'd be able to take a sip of beer before the next note happened. And like, I was just so bored playing it. And the the guitar player wanted my bass to have a very specific sound, mm-hmm. so he built a pedal board for my bass, which I'm not a I'm not a pedal board guy. I don't I don't like it, and especially with fucking bass. And um, it was just very annoying to be in a band with him. And there was one day the drummer brought in, he had soaked uh, weed buds in pure ethanol for like for like so apparently the thc will like leach out of the weed into the pure ethanol Mm -hmm. there's some chemical process and so he had leached it for like two months and he brought that in and everybody but me had some and i was just we were reading a different book and (laughs) i wasn't having fun anymore (laughs) And I just had to quit. But yeah, I fucking. What's the sleep? Do you do you listen to Sleep I the do. band? I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I get like why some people would struggle with it because, you know, it might take fifteen minutes for like one chord to end. <laughs> yeah. When they begin. That's what I'm saying, dude. Actually, I get bored. I got ADD. But that guy actually has. Uh, his name is Al. He has another band called Ohm, which is really oh. kind of cool. Like he mixes yeah. like the, it's like all this spiritual kind of stuff. 
And uh, I mean, it, it's it's still kind of doom, but it does, but it's not distorted, and it it's it's really kind of cool. I got a buddy that uh, does photography for Ohm. Um, he also does photography for Phil and Salmo and a shit ton of other bands. Uh, what's the other? There's another big one. One of the guys died a couple of years ago. I don't fucking remember. But he's taken me to some of the shows. Uh, there's one, there's a band from New Orleans called Griznom. Have you ever listened to them? I heard of them. Okay. He did all their album covers. Um, but those one day he hit me up. He was like, do you want to go to Phil and Salmo's house? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, uh, Saturday, whatever time we're going to head over there. So we went over there. Phil and Salmo from Pantera lives on like, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's not like a, like a developed farm, but it's like a bunch of woods uh-huh. in, in the middle of fucking nowhere. He's got this big ass house on stilts uh-huh. that is painted completely black, obviously. And we, we went to his front door, knocked on the door a few times. So there's like just really loud fucking metal music playing inside. And my buddy just opened the front door and walked in. And I'm like, all right, I don't like this at all. So we walk in to the living room and Phil and Samo is standing in the middle of the living room, like head banging and lip syncing to iced earth. He's listening to an iced earth record. He, he doesn't even, he, he like sees us for a second and acknowledges us, but we're not interrupting what he's doing at all. He just carries on to what he's fucking doing. And then at the end of the song, he walks over and he says, uh, my friend's name. He's like, he's like, well, how, how the fuck you been brother? And then, uh, he was like, who the fuck is this guy? And he was like, Oh, it's my friend Pepper. He's going to help me do photography shit today. He was like, Pepper, I know a guy named Pepper. He was talking about Pepper Keenan from down. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> and um, we ended up sitting at his kitchen table and talking about uh, how he was about to get married for like an hour. It was so <laughs> fucking weird. Too. And like he's he is one of the most, if not the most intense people that I've ever met in my entire life. He is he's very like touch your chest when he talks to you and just intense the fuck like his his eyes are just wide as fuck the entire time and he was he was talking about how he got off of opiates and how edible marijuana saved his life and all this shit and we talked for like a fucking hour and it was just weird as shit to sit there and talk to the lead singer pantera and then his like his fucking dogs are like running around. His dogs are sweet as shit. He had a pot belly pig that was running around. Like <laughs> just weird as shit. And then at the end of so we did this photo shoot. There was a band called King Parrot that we were doing a photo photo shoot for. And at the end at the end of the day, we went back to Phil's house. And I watched Phil and Salmo carve his Halloween pumpkin. I mean, it was just like a king in the fucking world of metal. And I get to see him just do like normal house shit. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> That's hysterical that you walk through that. I mean, head banging the freaking ice, frozen earth, ice earth, whatever the hell that band yeah. is called. 
But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like he, he is, he is genuine as shit. Like that is who he is because he didn't know we were there. He wasn't like putting on a show for us. You know, he, he wasn't like, Oh shit. Uh, this photographer guy and Pepper are going to come over. Let me fucking set up the scene for them to walk into. He had no fucking idea. He had forgotten that we were even coming. And that is just what he was doing. 11 a.m. on a fucking Saturday was listening to an iced earth record and like full on headbanging and screaming to it in his fucking living room. And we just walked in. We're like, hey. <laughs> and it was all. And by the way, when we walked in, there was still like two minutes left of the song. So we walked in and we just stood behind his couch and watched him do this shit for like two minutes. And his dog was coming up to me. I was like, hey, puppy, what's going on? And just like waiting for him to be done. It was weird shit. Man, I wish I had that kind of energy. Oh, I know. It's got to be, ex- I mean, I don't know. Because I look at him and I'm like, it's got to be exhausting to be you. But I mean, even when we came in at the end of the day and he was carving his fucking pumpkin, it was like, just still like just that intensity. I don't get it. Yeah, I, that's crazy. I've never, like, like even when, like, um, like, like I used to um, hang out with like Henry Rollins, and he, yeah, like he's super intense though, like on stage, but but off the stage, he's just kind of, he's pretty chill and laid back. But I mean, he's he's another guy though, where he just does, he always has like five or ten things going on. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, he like personality wise, he's probably pretty chill, but. Yeah. I mean, he's because he, he he he's he, he's got writing jobs that he does. He's got a radio show that he does. I think every do, every day, he does like travel bullshit. Like he does a a shit ton of stuff. Yeah, he does. He's pretty busy. Yeah, yeah. He even had a show on. Uh, I forget what channel it was on TV. It was kind of weird. He was like interviewing people. Was it VH1, maybe? It may have been. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just never stops. He he, he writes every day. Yeah. I used to have some of his uh, some of his books, like autographed books from him that he had given me. Yeah. But I lost them all when my house got robbed. Oh, shit. <laughs> and was it, that, that had to be in New Jersey. Trenton. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Have you heard about his uh, $250,000 speaker? No. He's got a $250,000 speaker. Everybody needs a $250,000 speaker. Yeah, I need one. I mean, I uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Why not? Because, mu- yeah, music sounds so much better when you drop a quarter million dollars on it, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I, I might spend a, a hundred bucks. Um, headphones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll go crazy, and I would even drop maybe three hundred bucks on like a good sound system. But that's it, dude. Yeah, most of the stuff I spend, most of my money is in guitars. So I need some new guitars. Yeah, like I you got any you want to sell? Here, you can see them. Just, you got any for sale? That's just for some of them. No, I don't sell. I have one guitar that I really like, and then I have three others that I couldn't give a shit less about, 
and I have one bass that I really like, and I got uh, like two basses that I couldn't give a fuck about. Hmm. And so I basically have two instruments that I actually like. Right. Yeah, I'm not exactly even sure how many guitars I have. Like, I have five here, a couple in the living room, some that I need to fix that are in my garage. But yeah, but the one, the ones I mostly play are my. Uh, I, have, I have an American Strat that I really like. Yeah, and my uh, my Taylor acoustic. Yeah, I, I mean I have a Martin, but I still like the, the Taylor better. See, and I'm I'm not I'm not a Fender guy or a Taylor guy. I like Gibson, and I like, well, yeah, Gibson and Gibson. I like Gibson. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's some Martins that I like, but as far as acoustic goes, uh, for my taste, I love Alvarez. There's a store down here that sells nothing but Alvarez. It is my favorite. The one that I have, I found it in a pawn shop back in 2013, and... I played it and I was like, holy shit, how much is this? And the guy was like 230. And I was like, fuck, I gotta have this. So I told my wife about it and she bought it for me for Christmas. I didn't I didn't expect it at all. Yeah, it was 230 with the case and everything. And it is uh aside from the the guitar that I got when I was like 15, uh, it is the my favorite guitar that I've ever had. I just love everything about it. I had a good I I've you ever heard the brand Samic? No, I don't think so. I think it's supposed to be like a cheapo brand, but I found it was a mahogany Samick that I found at a flea market. And it was $80. And I remember I had to convince my mom very, very hard to buy it for me. because I picked it up and I just loved it. And she bought it for me. And me and that guitar were like glued to the hip for probably, I mean, four or five years like i it, it was always in my car when i got home from school i would play it it was just non-stop and the very first car that i ever got um 2005 ford focus i had the samic in the trunk that, that's where it always was and i was in the grange georgia trying to make a left turn and some asshole and a dodge durango rear-ended me and I mean, there was, we didn't, I didn't get fucked up in the car, but the passenger got fucked up and somebody in the Dodge Durango got fucked up. And I mean, the wreck was so bad that I had to climb out the window because the door wouldn't open because the car was crunched so bad. They hit us like doing like 50, 55, and we're at a complete stop with the brakes on. So, I remember while we were like assessing the damage, I remember the the guitar was in the trunk and I was like, Oh fuck. And you know, everything, even though the car was like completely crunched, I went to the trunk and I actually used the key to open the trunk and it opened completely normally. Mm -hmm. And I saw the the guitar case and the guitar case was just absolutely mangled and I pulled it out and it was just splinters. I saved the headstock on it just like sentimental shit, mm-hmm. but it was completely gone. And I looked up that guitar on the internet trying to find a replacement, and it does not exist. That sucks, man. Yeah. Why is it that assholes always do- drive Dodge Durangos, too? 
I don't know. I would never step foot in Dodge Durango. If if I was bleeding to death and a Dodge Durango came to pick me up to take me to the hospital, I'd I'd be like, no, nah, I'll wait for the next one. <laughs> I probably would too. Yeah. Fuck those guys. Yeah. LaGrange, Georgia is a terrible place too. LaGrange, Georgia? Yeah. It's it's uh north of Columbus, Georgia, south of Atlanta. Um literally that day that my car got totaled on the way out of LaGrange, because my mom came and picked me up, we saw three other traffic accidents on just on the way out. They can't drive there. No, they can't. Are are they allowed to drink and drive up there? Uh it seems so, yes. Yeah. I think it's like that way here too. I think people are just it, it's it's just allowed. Yeah, I mean down here, well there's actually a law in Mississippi where your passenger in your car can drink. Your passenger in your car can have an open container and be as drunk as they want to be. And it's totally fine. As long as the driver blows below the federal limit, totally fine. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Are you allowed to smoke weed and drive in Mississippi? No. If you if you get caught with marijuana, they actually – it's a life sentence, and um, they generally they generally push for execution. And also, they have a priest come yell at you for about 30 minutes oh, a day. I, I can deal with everything life. except the priest. No, they actually they actually legalized medical in Mississippi this past election, but but to get your medical qualifications, it's going to take about six months and uh, somewhere around like two hundred fifty three hundred dollars. Oh wow! So didn't really do anything. No, no, they just they legalized it in New Jersey just recently. Like, like just yeah. like marijuana altogether now is legal there. That's going to fuck up a lot of people in New Jersey. I think it'll be good for Jersey. It will be good for Jersey, but there's a lot of people selling dime bags in New Jersey that are going to be real pissed off. Yeah. That's actually one of the reasons why I support legalization is to get it out of the hands of criminals and let regular business people deal with it. Yeah. That's why, I mean, I think all drugs should be legal. Yep. Fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. I, mean, I would love, I mean, I would love to go to like a fucking vape shop and buy a gram of Coke. Right? Yeah. I mean, I never liked Coke that much, though. And man, it is hard to get like actual Coke. They just have basically anywhere. No, I mean, down here, like uh, I did some Coke down here one time and it was. It was probably like two thirds cocaine and like a third meth. I hated that. It was horrific. Yeah. You just never know what you're getting. You never know what you're getting. And there's never a consistent price on it. And that's why I want I want everybody everything to be legal. Because I mean I'm not a fucking cokehead, but if I want to do I probably do coke like once a year. Mm-hmm. And I always regret it right afterwards, but while while it's going on, it's fun. But if I want to do fucking coke once a year. Okay, let me do coke once a year. Yeah. Right. 
It's not hurting anybody. But at least no. if you're going to be doing coke, you want to be doing real coke, not something that's mostly Thank meth. You. you want the real thing. Yeah. Because what, whatever you snort a line that you think is coke and it turns out to be meth, boy, does that hurt. And boy, does that hurt for quite a while. And it was just a bad experience all around. Oh, it's like having a nail driven up your nose. Yeah, I could I could Yelp review the fucking drug dealer and be like, "Yo, this shit is whack. I don't I don't like it." But that doesn't exist. I, I don't understand why people like math to begin with. I don't either. I do not either. It's not pleasant. You always just feel dirty. It's not fun. It's because it, you're just awake. You're just awake, and there's no like euphoria involved. Really, you're just awake. Yeah, like, like I remember. I mean, it's been obviously a very long time since I've done it, like thirty years. <laughs> but all I remember is like, yeah, my like, like uh, my ass sweating and feeling yeah. really anxious. Yeah, that's meth. Like, like who yeah. wants that? Who wants a sweaty ass? <laughs> it's fucking stuff. But I will give you this. You can drink as much as you want to and not get drunk. Yeah, but you can kind of get that too with Coke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a Same thing. Better. Yeah, you won't get like fall down drunk. So, I mean, that's, I guess that's a, that's a high point. But yeah, I did, uh, I used to take Adderall every once in a while, which is very similar to meth. And um, I remember I took one way too late the night. And I remember I was on, I was in some chick's living room laying down on her floor trying to go to sleep. I just could not go to sleep. And I was watching episodes of How It's Made on Science Channel, just trying to go to sleep. And I finally, finally just drifted off to sleep. And a fucking kid woke up and like ran in the living room. And I was like, fuck. So I just didn't sleep. I just got up. I was like, all right, I'm fucking out, dude. I'm not not doing this. Yeah, drugs kind of suck, man. Everything everything besides weed. And I, I don't even smoke a ton of weed. Well, I don't know, man. How about like um, mushrooms or acid or angel dust? I want to try all that, man. I, I have not had the opportunity. I've had uh, people... Uh, the listener podcast have found out that I've never done any of that and I want to, and they've offered to send me a shit ton and nobody has. Really? So, I mean, I would love, love, love to do mushrooms. They, they probably have sent it to you. It's probably just all being confiscated at your post office. <laughs> Maybe. Like, you're like, oh, pepper. <laughs> Goddamn. I'm on the list now. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, dude. Because there was a couple people that was like very eager. They're like, "Oh my god, dude, give me your address." And I gave the address, and then just nothing showed up. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I hate being on the list. Actually, I believe where I live in Alabama, like right down the road, there's a town called Silver Hill, and it, uh-huh. it, it's supposed to be like um, the psychedelic mushroom capital of the world. All right. All right. I haven't heard that, but so, uh, maybe it is. I mean, I might be able to get you some out of my dog poop in the backyard. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. I, I don't know if I've heard anybody doing it off of dog poop. That might be, it might even fuck you up even crazier. Yeah. yeah. 
Have you ever licked a toad? No, I understand what that is, but no, I haven't done any of that shit. I had a, I have a friend. I actually did a podcast with him, uh, uh, on our Patreon. I was, I'll send you that episode, but he was manufacturing, uh, what's it called? DMT and, um, selling a bunch of other shit. And he got busted after like 10 years of successfully selling drugs without getting busted. And he, at the time that we recorded the podcast, he was pretty sure that he was going to do probably like seven to 10 years. Cause they had him dead to rights on a bunch of shit. But, um, it was like a week after we recorded that podcast, he called me up. It was like, dude, I don't believe it, but, a bunch of the charges got dropped because people didn't snitch and it looks like I'm going to be doing about three months. I was like, holy shit, dude. Cause he had a lab set up in his garage. He had few like fume hood fucking like had like legit glass speakers and like all the shit that you need in a laboratory. And you know, his lawyer was telling him, was like, you would be way better off if you're just cooking meth in a bathtub. Like this is really bad. Because there is like very clear intent to produce narcotics here. Fuck. But when he got busted, so he was selling to a cop for almost a year. He didn't know it. And when he got busted, the guy like blew his cover and was like, hey, it's me. And he was like, you motherfucker. When he got busted in his hand, he got busted going to the mailbox coming back from his house Mm -hmm. in his hand, he had a package and it was a package with one ounce of pure THC crystal. And the cops took it, ripped it open right in front of him. It was like, what's this? He was like, I thought it was socks. And they're like, this doesn't look like socks to me, dude. So he was doing some pretty high level shit. I mean, he he was like one of those guys selling on the dark web and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Maybe he has some inside connections or something. Oh, he definitely does. That's I mean, he's ex- whittled down. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he he's also been doing it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, after 10 years, somebody's going to get fucking pinched and somebody's going to talk. Yeah. I, you know, eventually, you're going to get fucking caught. I mean, you know, they don't even really care about the drugs themselves. I think what pisses them off is they're not getting tax revenue off of it. Did I lose you? Still there? Are you frozen? Yep, I think you're frozen. So that was Pepper, everyone. Thank you for listening, and have a good night. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. 
and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life. Because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review and subscribe.